Hey, welcome to OCD Whisperer Podcast. I'm your host, Christina. Here we're going to talk about all things OCD. If you've been enjoying this podcast so far, and if you'd like to work together, come check out my monthly membership called Mastering OCD and join a group of other people like yourself. You can go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership. And see you in there. Hi, welcome to OCD Whisper Podcast. Today I have Jenna Overball with No CD, and we are going to be talking about situational ERP and what the heck does that even mean? What do you do? So welcome to the show, Jenna. Hi, thank you so much. Funny story, you guys. This was supposed to be an Instagram live, but if you didn't see the little mess up there, it's okay because it, it's going to be a great podcast episode for sure. <laughs> Exactly. Let me tell you that uh, Instagram live was definitely an exposure for me. <laughs> oh, same. I was like sweating, trying to do oh, multiple man. things. Yes. So, speaking of situational exposures. As a matter of fact, that's a great segue. That's true because yeah, it was a lot of uh, sweating and, and a lot of glitching and um, yeah, and it didn't happen. So there it is. At that's least right. it didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So tell us, tell us a little bit about situational um, exposure, kind of what, what does that actually mean? Um, and what could somebody do about it? Yeah. So I think of exposures as kind of being, there are two different kinds of exposures when we talk about it this way. So I think of there being kind of these assigned or these structured exposures that you are effortfully kind of going out of your way to do. You have a plan. Maybe it's something that us, uh, a therapist gave you that you guys chatted about that you have a clear defined um, and kind of deliberate plan and, and kind of assignment to do this exposure. Let's say if I'm afraid of bees, maybe it's an exposure for me to go outside and walk around on the grass with bare feet in the summer. That is an assigned exposure. I have a plan. I'm going to do it deliberately and go out of my way to do it. I think that's different from these situational exposures, which is kind of the focus of our talk here today, which is where it's not planned. It kind of just happened randomly where we weren't necessarily in control, at least at first, and it kind of just caught us off guard. And so a situational exposure for me would be maybe I'm outside playing with my son and a bee came and landed on one of his toys. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be a situational exposure because I'm not planning for it. It happened to me versus me making it happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, those situational exposures can be tricky for people because again, like OCD loves a plan. OCD likes things that are predictable and structured and safe that you can be prepared for and feel cer- at least somewhat certain about. Um, situational exposures really can knock people off their toes. Um, and so, yeah, I think they're more intimidating for sure, but I want listeners to know that they don't have to be. Um, something that we talked about, well, I talked about in the Instagram live yesterday um, was that really the same tools apply, even though they are these situational exposures, the same rules apply ideally, right? Like we would still yeah. want people to not run away from the bee. It would be really, really hard to. So your belief in your ability to do situational exposures might feel like it's less, Mm -hmm. but I would argue that your ability to apply those skills, even to harder exposures that feel outside of your control are still just, it's still just as, you're still just as capable of that. So yeah, like what I, well, what I tell my clients um, or kind of what I, I, I use slightly different language, but it's, it's literally the same thing. And a lot of times I find, you know, verbiage might be different, but we're really talking about the same concept, which is planned versus organic. 
Oh, we love that. Right. Like life throws you stuck. That's life. Life is going to constantly be happening regardless whether you want it to or not, or whether you're trying to control it, it's just going to be happening. So you're going to be in, in myriads of situations where things are going to just pop up. Um, and so exactly when you do your planned exposure work, you're already having that kind of muscle memory that you're building. So that therefore when you're something is just organically occurring, you can call on those um, tools and strategies. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to steal that. And I think that that really calls attention to the point of exposures. Well, one of the points of exposures is to practice so that when these things happen in your everyday life, that you feel better able to conquer those difficult situations. So, so many times I feel like people put way too much emphasis on those planned exposures. And it's like, those are just you basically studying for the exam. The exam is really like these organic, as you would say, exposures that happen naturally. That's the true test. Like how do you handle your anxiety when you are caught off guard? Um, I always think of it. I always imagine this like visual of a boxing ring, right? Like we don't go into a boxing ring knowing exactly what our, our competitor is going to do all the time, right? We can have like a basic strategy and we can certainly have our own counter strategy, but we're going to get knocked off of our feet every once in a while. We still have to come back ready to fight. We still have to be able to apply what it is that we know in those scenarios, even when we are kind of in a position where the wind got knocked out of us. Yeah, I love that actually analogy that you just used too. Exactly. It's like preparing for a test and there it is. Exactly. Yeah, right. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And, and um, yeah, I think that's a really great way to explain it. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's like anything in life, right? Like you don't, you don't get a result without training. Like you can't bypass that process, right? You have to do that repetitive practice so that you can have that muscle memory. So you can more quickly access and allocate those internal skills and strategies and then re you know, pivot yourself, whatever that pivot needs to be in that moment. Um, so that you're not avoiding or running away or compulsing in, in your mind or in any other, any other way that you compulse typically. Yeah. And you mentioned exercise, you mentioned um, like a muscle, like muscle building. And I think there are a lot of um, nice analogies there that I will use sometimes with people if it's appropriate. Like if someone's training for a marathon, you don't just like get up and run that morning, 26.2 miles. You run and you start running like a mile and then adding a mile and a half and then two miles and then you take a break and then you go back and you follow a plan, right? If you don't have a plan and you don't practice going into it, you may be able to do the 26.2 miles Probably not if you're anything like me, or if you do, it's going to be a miserable, miserable experience. So really, truly identifying the purpose and the, and the value in these planned exposures as being you're practicing, you are literally building muscle, you're building tolerance, you're building confidence, you're building self-efficacy, you're establishing new learning. There are a lot of great things that happen with those planned exposures, but the true test is really, truly those situational or these organic um, unplanned exposures. And yeah. you know what? I have two questions. I think yeah. that my audience would want to know. Um, one is, so what do you do when they happen organically and they're situational like that? Like what would be something, an advice, a tip that you would give? And the second question I know that people often have is, well, what if it's really intense? What if it, like I'm getting flooded, I'm super overwhelmed. Um, I don't think I can handle it. It's just like a 10 out of, 10, out of 10. Like it's just it's over the top. Then what do I do? Yeah. And so I get that question all the time too. And so I think anyone with OCD or anxiety could 100% resonate with those experiences that I don't know what to do. What do I do in that situation? And then secondly, this concept of like, some things are just way too hard and it feels really impossible sometimes. Um, so what I would call to first kind of like, well, what do I do in that situation when that happens? Try to evaluate, try to just like 
be vigilant for those things happening, right? Like try to take that bird's eye view. As I tell my members at NoCD, take that bird's eye view, like really try to just like evaluate what's going on, like identify kind of what are my urges right now? Like, this is what's happening. This is what my anxiety is talking about right now. These are the urges that I'm having. This is what I'm wanting to do. And this is what I'm triggered by. And then I would ask yourself, like in those moments, just like a therapist would like, Hey, Christina, you know, zero to 10, what's your anxiety right now? Like how difficult would this be for you to do and not ritualize? So ideally in those situational exposures, we want you to translate all of those things that your therapist tells you to do during planned exposures. We want you to apply those directly to situational exposures too. So the same way that you're studying for all this material before an exam, we want you to apply that material to the test, right? Same concept here with planned exposures and situational exposures. So we want you to still apply exposure and response prevention, ritual prevention to those situational exposures. You do not have permission to just ritualize simply because it wasn't a planned exposure. You need to practice that and apply that outside of it. Now, with that said, I do think that sometimes you'll experience an eight or a nine or a 10 out of a 10 on that scale. And it's, it would be really great to just resist that completely. I don't think though that that's legitimate or logical or possible for people to do. Um, if it was, then they certainly wouldn't be struggling where they need our assistance, right? So um, I think it's totally normal to every once in a while have that seven, eight or nine or, or 10 trigger where it's like, heck no, I got to ritualize. Like, I feel like this is impossible for me. I can't keep going like this. In that situation, I would call for people if you can't resist a ritual completely try to play around with either postponing rituals or reducing a ritual. So for instance, I hate to use hand-washing examples because I feel like there are so many other types out there and so many other struggles that I hate to just keep going back to that, but it is a good visualization for people to readily understand. So just know that even though this is a hand-washing example, it's easily applicable to any, any obsession, any ritual, anything like that. So for instance, let's say that you are at a 10 out of a 10 or even a 7 out of 10, like you could not ritualize or you could not move on without ritualizing. Um, and you normally would go and immediately wash your hands um, and use five pump of, pumps of soap. You would use scalding hot water. You would wash um, to how many times it, it took you to say the alphabet four times and you would wash all the way up to your elbows. So if that's typically what you would do, I would encourage you one to try to postpone that. Mm -hmm set a timer, you know, maybe tell yourself like, okay, this is how anxious I am right now. And I feel right now, like I really have to ritualize, but I'm going to try to postpone that a little bit. I'm going to try to just put some period of time in between my anxiety and the instant gratification of that ritual. We don't want the OCD to be immediately gratified. We want it to at least have a little bit of a postponing in there so that it's not so immediate. The OCD loves immediate gratification. So if you can delay that at all, that's a win. Um, still best to try to resist, but if you have to postpone it, that's fine too. And then at that point too, I would also, as far as practical tips go, you can reduce rituals. So instead of just going all in and giving into the OCD in such a way that it feels 100% fulfilled and giving it like the meat and potatoes, giving it like Thanksgiving dinner, <laughs> just give it like a, a gas station bag of potato chips. Like, okay, maybe instead of you know, washing my hands under scalding hot water with five pumps of soap until I say the alphabet three times, I'm going to use cold water, one pump of soap, and I'm only going to say the alphabet halfway through. 
So you can play around with really so many different levels. Um, Just find a way, like ask yourself literally, how can I put this off to make this as least gratifying as possible? And how, imagine it being like you're feeding a beast, like as long as you feed the beast, it shall live. Yeah. So you're used to maybe giving the OCD Thanksgiving dinner. You are now like, how do I give OCD like literally my leftovers? How do I give it like just a little bit to get by? Still best if you can resist completely, but postponing and reducing rituals are two other really good practical steps you can do to kind of get through those really tough situations. I think those are beautiful examples. It's also just a little funny when you were talking about give it leftovers. I'm like, yeah, like, yeah. Although um, I really like leftovers. So yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And when you were talking about like planning, I think that's one of the things that I also encourage folks is to think ahead. Like when you, when you can plan, when you can, you can predict OCD, right? When you can predict it, you can plan for it. You can anticipate you, you already should know and expect you will hit those, those high notes. So for those moments, what's going to be your plan, right? And like you just said, it's how do I reduce? How do I uh, slow it down? Things like that. So I think that's wonderful. So thank you so much for giving some actual concrete tips and strategies that people can apply today. Um, And if folks want to find you, how can they find you? Sure. Yeah. I love that. I love that you asked for practical tips because I think that ERP is such like an actionable thing. Um, I love that. I love that you do that. So yeah, if you want to find more from me, I am over at jenna.overbaugh on Instagram. That's where I am probably the most active. And I also have a podcast too. And you'll hear a familiar voice on there um, here shortly. We'll have another episode coming for you guys on there. So my podcast is called All the Hard Things. It's again, all OCD education, all exposure and response prevention education, because apparently we are both really big nerds for this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yep. <laughs> you can find me over there. And also, yeah, um, you mentioned no CD. So yeah, if anyone out there is struggling with OCD, um, no CD offers really high quality um, exposure and response prevention therapy. I love and feel really passionately about like getting the word out about exposure therapy. Um, and I think a lot of times people group us in with like other talk therapy platforms that are out there. And I just want to know, like, it's not, we do really high quality exposure and response prevention. Um, I've been doing it for 10 or 12 years and I feel like I've learned more at no CD in the past, like couple months that I've been there than in other places that I've been at for years. So really great OCD treatment. We're available in all 50 States plus Canada, almost soon. One of these days, plus the United Kingdom, plus also Australia. So we're over at www.treatmyocd.com. Really awesome OCD treatments and yeah, lots of really great, just educational resources online for all of you out there. Beautiful. I'll include all that in the show notes. And thank you so much and have a great day. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening to OCD Whisperer Podcast. If you want ongoing support with live weekly Q&A calls to address your questions about OCD and get topic trainings, please join my membership, Mastering OCD. Go to www.coreresults.com forward slash membership. That's K-O-R results.com forward slash membership.